So you want to know how to avoid the biggest mistake that athletes are making. It's a controversial topic. It's something that we see time and time again in professional sports. And it's something that can be avoided so easily with the right understanding of a revolutionary approach to training. Stick around. What's up everyone? Apparently I'm on. Uh, my name is Yanni Bormeister. If this is the first time you are rocking with the uh, Team Unity, uh, to my left, if you're catching the podcast, is none other than Phil White, uh, Switched On Physio, and across the table is my brother Rad. Behind the switcher is Richie. Together <laughs> we just, are uh, Unity Keeps popping gym. up on his uh, selfie cam there. And... Uh, <laughs> We are the gym that takes driven people and turns them into superhumans. Guys, if you want to know a little bit about how we do it, you can download all of our blueprints from the description of this stream or from our website, unitygym.com. How are you, Rad? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, looking forward to uh, uh, to this week's shows. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be good. Awesome. I'm feeling good about Richie being on the um, on the cam. I think it's yeah. about time people saw his... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> His sexy Calvin Klein. Yeah, his glasses, Calvin yeah. Klein look with these blue blocks. That's yeah. right. Yeah. For those of you listening uh, on the podcast, we've had a, a, a software update and uh, it's changed a couple of the commands, I think, or, or made it a bit glitchy. And so every time Richie changes something on the board, <laughs> it flashes to his face yeah. to get the uh, full experience. It's pretty good. Anyway. There's a great news story that unfolded over here in Australia. For those of you listening on in America, Canada, or anywhere else in the world, just play along for the sake of it, because I'll build some context around today's discussion. Um, very famous athlete in the NRL, Tom Tavoyevich. That's the National Rugby um, League. That's our version of football or gridiron or yeah, whatever. One of them. One of them, yeah. we got yep. a few. Phil's, Phil's an AFL, a fan, AFL fan over here. So <laughs> we got three codes in Australia, but the one that I grew up with is uh, Rugby League and um, or NRL. And uh, 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 Tommy is, uh, they call him Turbo Tommy because he's so fast, he's such an amazing athlete and he's really rise to the top of the NRL. Uh, he plays for my beloved team Manly, which is the local team for us here, really, and uh, or the North Shore, and he's out from a hamstring injury. Now, the reason why this is interesting for us here at Unity and why I've paid a lot of attention to it is because in the off season, he had, he had a hamstring problem last week and it's quite common in um, people who th they're main attribute is, is sprinting, explosive, and maybe Phil can fill us in a bit. Tommy is also quite a tall lad. He's six foot four, I think, or six, um, six five. And so he's got really long limbs, really long levers. He's generating a lot of force and power. So, you know, structurally he needs to be bulletproof to be able to do this. And what we're finding now is he's in his um, uh, late 20s. He's running into really bad hamstring issues. He's out at the moment. Manly got their ass kicked on Sunday yesterday in their game. And uh, really the, the whole thing fell apart because the team has built around this guy's ability. Um, and it, what, what struck me, what got my attention was how they were talking about um, in the off-season, they worked so hard to build his hamstring strength. And there's something to, really important in that, you know, because um, I heard an interview with uh, the guy's strength coach and they were using uh, a Nord board. I'm going to let Phil fill you in on what that is exactly. But uh, it's similar to the Nordic hamstring curls. It's basically trying to bring objective measures to a Nordic hamstring curl. So That's it's right. a way of measuring the um, yeah, force you're putting through each leg so you can get a, a measurement of um, yeah, strength yeah. and force production. They're, they're really, really cool. But the movement is the Nordic hamstring curl, which we use here at Unity Gym. We have three variations of a Nordic hamstring curl that we use. And uh, it's a great exercise.
exercise, a phenomenal exercise at building strength. When you combine that with things like Romanian deadlifts and and back extensions and and and, and hammy curls, you you know you you can really bulletproof your hamstrings. But there wasn't one mention of flexibility training or mobility training or in range strength development uh, in his training protocol, and that really spiked my attention. And then when he came out three games in and t destroyed his hamstring, ruptured his hamstring again, and he's he's out for a while now. It may be. Uh, half the season, the rest of the season, we don't know yet. Um, I was thinking, okay, that, there's a lesson in that for us. There's a lesson in that for us. And I've seen this happen time and time again with other athletes. And we spoke about it last week a little bit, you know, we're graced to be not athletes. So we don't have limited time frames to prepare our bodies. We don't have specific roles in a sport or team to play so we can train more balanced. Um, what are your what's your take on this, Rad? Let's throw it over to you first before we get the in, uh, the, the 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 ducks nuts from Phil as well. Well, the the writing's on the wall. I mean, if you if you look at the way that teams that are killing it uh, and and athletes that are killing it are, are doing it, it it is because they're doing what we're talking about here. So yeah, I think it's um yeah, I, I guess it's it's an it's a older way of approaching training. I mean, people still have this idea that you know you can't be really strong if you're flexible that it's it's kind of one or the other and i just i don't really agree with it i think i th i i believe the biggest problem in this before i let phil dive in is that they uh they lack an efficiency model so there's this notion that if you're training for strength there's no time to train for yeah that's exactly right yeah you know mm -hmm. and and it, look a lot of people train a lot of people believe that you know it's very hard because we did it, for it, years yeah for decades. absolutely Absolutely, it, it pulls you away from your strength training and um, and you can't train optimally for strength if you're training flexibility at the same time. That's the notion, you know, so people just um, neglect r true flexibility training. Like there's a warm up, they limber up, you know, but they don't, I mean, you've worked with professional athletes um, on the AFL, how much like proper flexibility training do you see them do? Yeah, I wasn't around too much for the, I guess, the, the training sessions where they'll be working on that. So I yeah, can't really. totally comment on, um, you know, whether or not they incorporate flexibility, um, you know. But uh, yeah, I think just it's really important to understand with, with sports, like it is so much about that specificity that we've talked about. And that's why, it, you know, it is so hard being an athlete. And for, for NRL, like it's basically the, it comes down to how much power can you like, produced to run through a line of people who are trying to stop you who are also equally you know large people and it kind of looks like you know the old uh, unstoppable force and immovable object a lot of the time where it's just you know people running <laughs> running each other so uh, I guess they're always looking to get that edge with you know extra levels of speed or extra levels of power and um, you know you can see why they kind of like can get a bit so um, you know pigeonholed. yeah pigeonholed yeah. into that and the thing about um, you know with flexibility and speed um, you know I'm all for flexibility I think it's really important but the when you think about how tendons work there is an element of um, you, it, it's beneficial for speed to have somewhat like tighter structures because uh, tendons are amazing spring um, energy storage and release mechanisms so when you um, are basically able to like activate this like tight spring you do get a lot of speed but then there's that playoff between you know um, if you then get pushed outside of you know your comfortable range of motion then you're in trouble and for a sport like NRL where you can end up in all sorts of crazy positions when you're getting tackled or yeah, <laughs> you know when yeah. you're stepping around someone um, yeah I think you've got to play that like yeah. find that balance and it's a, it's Th a tricky there's one. definitely um, 
the philosophy or the 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 liter- literature sort of suggests that being being stiff is better for strength or explosive power. But it's interesting because, and I I, I have to say, guys, like I've um, uh, I, I'm I'm not the type of person that can that, that's the be all and end all in the in the opinion on this matter. I, I haven't uh, made a career of working with professional athletes, and there are a lot of strength coaches and trainers out there who have. But I have had the um, fortunate opportunity, and so has Rad, to speak with professional athletes who have tried it doing it both ways. Uh, the people that come to mind is Anthony Minicello and Craig Wing, who spent a bit of time here at the gym, and a- and Kai um, Kai Green, Kai yeah, Green, yeah, yeah, the um, the triathlete. Kai Green? No, Kai Hurst. Sorry, Kai Green's a professional bodybuilder. Uh, Kai Hurst, who was the um, very very uh, successful Ironman. Um, now these guys all all said 100% when they took some time off and spent some time on um, developing flexibility and mobility, their speed and performance went through the roof and they were less uh, injury prone. They, they were le- and, that's, and I know it's only three examples, but um, our friend Keegan Smith um, says the same thing. He says that when he spent time developing Sonny Bill's flexibility, his performance went up. Uh, when he spent time focusing on flexibility for the, um, the roosters, their performance went up. Now, um, I, I, I still know, I still know of many, many strength coaches who will disagree with that, who will say, you know, that's not what the literature suggests. It's not what um, uh, you, you want to do. You want to make them strong and tight. So the joint and capsules are, are, are tight, you know, and, and, and less chance of what exactly what you just said, Phil. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a controversial topic, you know. Mm. I know for, for, for me now, um, squatting and deadlifting and doing all those things, um, I feel a lot better at it, doing it, you know. I've never, ever, 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 ever been able to deadlift much over 200 kilos without feeling something really vulnerable in my lower back after my um, spine, spinal injury. You know, mm-hmm. I could just feel this nerve feeling, even if it didn't, may not have hurt, but I could feel it there. And it always stopped me from going further, you know. And uh, this year I was doing reps over 200 kilos with, without that feeling whatsoever. And the only thing that's really changed that would affect that is that... Um, like, I don't think I'm stronger than I used to be because I used to be able to squat 180 kilos. I couldn't do that now, you know. Mm. I used to be able to bench press 145 kilos. I couldn't do that now. Um, uh, but I'm more flexible. Mm. I'm way more flexible. Well, I think that one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that um, flexibility, the way that we're talking about it, we're not, we're not talking about just having a, a elastic muscles and joints that'll go there. We're talking about having strength through your range of motion yeah and so it's about it's about what we believe is that it's you need to be as strong as you can be and but you need to also increase your range of motion as much as you can while still being able to produce strength through that range and i've seen one of the best examples of how some of the more traditional ways of stretching don't produce that with one of our newest members, Yerim, who is a martial artist who has a level of flexibility that I've very rarely seen before. Like 
an elite level of flexibility. Like she can go into the middle splits and rotate her hips into yes. the front splits without coming up and down. Mental. She, without even blinking, she pulls her leg up behind her and goes into the front splits on the wall with one leg up high and her hands on the ground. So this is like ultra, ultra flexible. But when I showed her how to do the active middle splits, she couldn't even come close to doing it and it scared the hell out of her. With her groin about this high off the ground, where if you're listening to the podcast, I'm showing somebody that could do the full splits at 180 degrees, it'd be like them doing it at about 150 degrees, which you really should be able to do very easily if you can do 180 degree splits. And she was so scared of it. Mm. She, there was no there was no strength there. There was no confidence to be able to hold her body. It was no like- No stability. Yeah, no yep. stability, no structure. So, and, and this is, again, this is my belief, but my belief and my firm belief is that if, if you have that level of flexibility without that level of strength, then it actually compromises your body. 100%. And, it, and, and it, I think that's where the philosophy comes from. Yeah. And I think it's uh, just to kind of draw out what usually happens with a hamstring tear is um, the reason you tear it is because it's a two-joint muscle where it's crossing the hip joint and the knee joint. So when you go into hip flexion, that's stretch, stretching it over the hip joint. And then when you go into knee extension, um, you're stretching over the knee joint as well. So it's often these two-joint muscles that... Um, are the common ones tearing when we do sort of like yeah fast ballistic sort of movement, and so if you think about when you're driving your if you look at you know Usain Bolt he's just got such a beautiful example of how he really drives his knee um, forward and then like stretches out his um, his foot to you know get that nice long stride he covers like nearly three meters per Pretty, per stride yeah, because yeah. he's just got this amazing ability to like um, you know leap forward like that I think at full flight it's a lot more than three oh meters. it's insane yeah, yeah I I, you should google <laughs> Actually, it because yeah, I think it's, it's closer to 10 meters yeah it's something yeah, crazy it's like something that I, that I just almost fell over after three meters I was, meters, like, I was oh like oh yeah. my god he covers yeah. that much ground each step exactly yeah. so to be able to do that he needs to have pretty good um, ability to stretch that joint over two muscles but then be strong enough that um, the thing that usually tears it is the inability to decelerate at the end range because your, your body knows you don't want to like dis like jam your joints into end range so the hamstring should be able to um, really powerfully eccentrically contract to slow down and, and to control the joint and so um, what the kind of thinking is with the Nord board is that you just like get this mad eccentric um, strength and just really um, uh, you know build up that one aspect of it really like powerfully but the thing is with uh, eccentric training like with the Nordic hamstring curl it's been shown to um, produce muscle length by um, getting muscle fibers in series but it doesn't actually change your available range which is really interesting because a lot of people are like ah oh, this is a key to flexibility we just have to like load the heck out of it eccentrically but unless you're actually pushing to end range and strengthening through end range you're not going to get that like an increase in available range so that's yeah. where it's so important to like i think it's a great idea to do nordics to build up you know that potential for more range but then you've also got to train it so yeah. and yeah. that's where bringing them to strength and flexibility together is just okay yeah beautiful absolutely and and i think there's there's I think, you know, we're talking about here about athletes and yes, our mission is to make everyone move like an athlete, but you, you, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a really good lesson in here for everybody, you know, and that is that, that you, you know, you can bang the, the, the strength drum all you like, uh, but uh, you, you, you've got to start thinking about efficiency of your workout because if you're not fitting these two pieces together and if you're not doing it at a one-to-one -one ratio, you know, or you, you might even need to be doing it at a two-to-one ratio if you're super stiff 
and not very flexible or vice versa, you mm, know, yeah. then you got to start looking at how you're working out. Yeah. How and it you're makes training. you like the reason why, you know, the everyday person wouldn't do it is it makes you resilient. Like if you, the last thing people want is to, you know, get injuries at whatever age and especially going into older age. So the more you expose your body to over time and the more positions you become strong in, then, you know, the more resilient you are to, um, you know, some, some type of injury that can really, uh, screw up your life plans yeah. so like and, if you and there's actually some pretty solid um uh, literature that came out of argentina about six or seven years ago that they were able to relate uh mobility and morbidity together if you have if you could do a sit squat test uh you have you they predicted that you were probably more likely to live much longer than those the elderly people who couldn't do that and that's because you become a lot more frail when you lose mobility and range of movement. Yeah, and there's another one about mortality where it's like getting up off the floor, how many points of contact you have and how long it takes you. And that's a, like, I think that's just such a good example of flexibility, uh, sorry, like mobility and strength together to be mm. able to mm. uh, stand up from the ground without you know, like yeah. having to prop yourself up on multiple positions. And so, mm. yeah, I think it, it's just a, those are kind of neat examples of how, you know, yeah. To go to go beyond just the performance thing and the um, the short term risk of injury, uh, there are certainly there's certainly um, uh, a good reason to stay mobile your whole life. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, longer. look, mo most it's funny because so many people come to Unity Gym and they say, you know, I, I really want to get flexible. I'm strong already, but I don't want to lose my strength. And and then as as I'm training them and I ask them. Um, you know, what's going on? Like why, what are the reasons why they're here and what their goals are? And when they say that to me, they say, I've, I've just, I just can't get flexible. It's, it doesn't matter what I do, I can't get flexible. And I say, well, have you ever tried stretching as much as you lift weights? And they go, oh, well, no. And I say, well, why would you be flexible? Yeah. If you, why, why would you ever have that balance if you do it that way? And, and it comes back to what you say, it's about this efficiency model where, um, I mean, it took us so long to learn this ourselves, you know, for so long. Um, and, and it happened because I went the other way where I said, stuff this, I'm getting flexible at all costs. And I started focusing so hard on flexibility and I got flexible, but I didn't have that strength. And then together we brought it together into this program that where eventually it took a while for us to get to this point, but eventually where we had this one-to-one -one strength and, and uh, stretching ratio. And, and now everybody gets strong and everybody gets flexible and yeah. kind of, it's almost kind of like a duh moment, you know, like. Well, it is. It's yeah. massively. And, and, that, and, the, and the topic of today's discussion, which I'd like to try and steer this to now, which is the concept that you, if you are a high achiever and we've got a great um, comment or question from someone in the Movement Mastermind who is obviously a high achiever doing a lot of martial arts online training. Coaching. What's that? They're in the online coaching. Online group. coaching, sorry. Uh, that, then you're going to hit a point at some point in your training life where you will just not be able to do the things you're asking of your body if you haven't achieved a good balance in strength and flexibility. You, we have a big motto printed on the wall, true strength cannot be achieved in the absence of mobility. And what that means for us is that you you will not be able to demonstrate your strength outside of the perfect situation if you're not mobile if you're not if, if you're not balanced you know you might be able to bench press a lot of weight uh or squat a lot of weight or deadlift a lot of weight but if you if you're taken outside of those modalities outside of those perfect pathways um you can't demonstrate your strength you know whereas opposed to a gymnast a gymnast 
uh, who has a really good balance of strength and flexibility will be able to do a very nice um, stall to press, will be able to do a very nice handstand uh, um, uh, push up, uh, all sorts of different feats of, str of strength, um, will be able to jump almost three metres, two, two, two and a half metres in the air and do a, a triple back pike. Uh, and, and generate immense amounts of force in their legs, in their lower body. Um, and when they ca and, and in, in most cases that carries over to being able to do a, a heavy bench press or a heavy squat or something like that, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, we, we believe here at Unity Gym that true strength cannot be achieved in the absence of mobility. You cannot um, demonstrate your strength. And I, I learned this in a very humbling way. I'll share a very quick story. Um, in, in uh, Santa Monica, I was, uh, I, I trained at Gold's Gym and then, you know, as everyone does, you go to Muscle Beach and hang out. This was my first time in Santa Monica in California. And uh, I was, you know, I, I wanted to go see Muscle Beach and the outdoor gym there uh, at, in, in Venice. And, and what captivated me was I'm sitting there watching all these, these dudes um, pump iron which I'd wanted to see all, all, for a long time, anyone who gr grows up around gyms do. But then in the background, they've got this outdoor on the sand calisthenics set up. And this was the turning point for me uh, to really wanting to start learning how to um, uh, develop strength in different ways. The stuff that these, these guys were doing on the calisthenics rig uh, out there was just phenomenal. It completely changed what I believed was strong, you know, because at that point I was real strong. I could bench press 145 kilos, I could squat, 180 kilos, I could deadlift 220 kilos, you know, but then I went out and started to try and play on these rings and I couldn't do one muscle up. I couldn't support my body weight. I couldn't do anything without feeling really vulnerable, you know, and uh, first and foremost, I couldn't even hold the rings, the metal rings without it feeling immense pain in my wrists and things like that. And I was like, well, am I really strong? If I can't demonstrate my strength outside of a bench press or anything like that, I felt really humbled. I was like, wow, I'm, I feel really weak. I don't feel strong anymore, you mm. know? And that was when I thought, wow, I want to try and learn some strength that I could demonstrate. If someone said, okay, so what can you do? Mm. Are you strong? What can you do? Oh, well, get me a bench press and I'll show you. No, what yeah. can you do now? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what can you do right now? What can you do to show me how strong you are? I can't do anything. <laughs> I can mm. flex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that was a humbling experience, uh, I thought. So what are we, what, um, what is, um, well, James has said, <clears throat> James Duquoset, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. He said, uh, my goal is to work with the 18 minute flexibility routine, which I do two times daily as part of my morning routine and evening post training workout, uh, or off day rollout outside of my martial arts training. I'm also working with the foundation program. I'm looking towards some more loaded flexibility training as at my age, that seems to give the, the absolute best bang for your buck. Very true. Uh, I know at I can't any age, do, mate. I know <laughs> I can't do it very often, but would you recommend the loaded flexibility course or the mobility masterclass at as a means to increase functional end range strength, mobility for martial arts training, and how would that scheduling work? I'm trying to connect some of the long-term dots that help drive and supplement without overtaxing myself. Absolutely the mobility masterclass. Uh, with hands down would be the best uh, bang for your buck for your martial arts training. And the way you would make it work, that what you've got to understand is that you can do as little as one session a week on each of the movements that you want to improve at so whatever it is the front splits the middle splits the pancake the back bridge whatever you want to improve at one of those sessions a week when you do the session properly is going to be enough to see 
uh, improvements, massive improvements in that movement. Um, as long as you do daily mobility, which is what the 18 minute uh, stretching routine is. It's a daily mobility routine. So yeah, absolutely, man. Um, how does it look? Um, you know, for martial arts, I'd probably be doing the middle splits um, and the pancake or the front splits um, routine once a week each. And um, uh, yeah. I got a one issue with what, um, is it James? Yeah. James has said here, which is, he's v he seems very passionate about martial arts. Mm -hmm. uh, I read uh, a comment that he may have said to me or you or just generally to us. Uh, I think it was in response to something I said about all the different styles and methods that he's doing and the different carters and the different routines. Um, it was in the, uh, I think it was in the most recent post that I did last week on the, the foundations program. Uh, he's doing a lot. <clears throat> now, my opinion on that is that if you're doing that much and you're that passionate about martial arts, and if you're not, if you're not um, spending a decent amount of time every day working on your flexibility and mobility, uh, I think that that's crazy. I agree. Because flexibility uh, and mobility at is it here. such an essential part of martial arts. Yeah. You are never going to achieve your true potential if you're not um, really dedicated to unlocking your range of motion. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, it, it says right here, he's saying, uh, in a nutshell, I train martial arts three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays, classes each session, approximately one and a half hours long. I train Tang Su, Sudo, Goju Ryo, and Okinawan Kabuto, which I'm, I'm pretty sure are all forms of karate. Then he's saying, I also study Tai Chi and perform Yang 24 and standard 48 form as well, which are both forms of Kung Fu, or, or they're both Tai Chi, the 24 step and 48 step form. And then as well as a compact 108 form, Man, that is a fuckload of different types of martial arts. <laughs> That's what I thought. And you know what, man? You know, look, this is, funnily enough, this is one thing that I can, I've got a lot of skin in the game on this because I did a lot of martial arts. So I can, I can really comment on this one. Um, Bruce Lee said, I don't fear the man that did one kick, uh, that did a thousand kicks one time. I fear the man that did one kick a thousand times. And... I did study martial arts. I studied a couple of different martial arts, but where the where the majority of my time was spent for a decade was in Kung Fu. And um, my experience is that the people that learn everything like that never really get good at any of it. Um, and what I would be doing if I was you, man, I would be drilling down on what you really want to learn. And when I asked my teacher this, who was an exceptional martial artist, out of all of the martial artists I ever worked with, he was by far the best. Um, and I worked with a lot of really good ones. Um, and he and I said to him, how much time do I spend on the thing that I'm trying to learn and how much time do I spend on the things that I've already learned? And he said, if you had an hour to train, I'd spend about 50 minutes on the one thing that you're trying to learn until you, until you grade it, until you pass it, until you go, okay, well, that's done. I've learned that and I've, to a degree, mastered it, you know? And then you spend 10 minutes on the things that you've already learned. Mm. So if you're trying to learn all of those things, yeah, I, I think you. I think you're trying to do a little bit too much at once. And what Yanni said is absolutely true. If there's um, this is another thing that came from my teacher, which I can I can say with my hand on my heart now, um, the the things that are going to affect all martial arts positively is increased strength and increased flexibility, flexibility. and increased fitness. That's Those are the three things. Right. And when I used to ask my teacher, 
what are the things that you need to work on the most? What happens when you go away from training? He says, strength, flexibility, and fitness. He said, if you lose that, that'll take you years to get back. Yeah. But if you stay strong, fit, and flexible, you could not train martial arts for five years and you could come back and train hard for three months and you'll be exactly where you left off. Yeah. But if you weren't strong, flexible, and fit, that is gonna take you some real time to get back. Yeah. So um, yeah, man, that's uh, my advice. Yeah, look. Do you want to say something? No, just two point four four meters is Usain Bolt's. Uh, yeah, that we should probably foot. clear that up. Um, I, 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 I am massively the... exaggerated before. I think <laughs> I got <laughs> feet. I think I got feet and meters mid, mixed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is still insane. Eight, it's like eight foot insane. stride yeah, is yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, I get I get about a seven foot eight in my stride. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to just end on this um, with with James's uh, comment there. I haven't kicked a punching bag in about a decade, and uh, recently I've bag? just decided recently. I decided to just start doing a little bit more boxing as, as cardio and I went back and and um, did a bit of kickboxing the other day out the back of the gym we got a couple of heavy bags strung up and my other than the fact that I've completely lost all conditioning in my shins and toes and feet because I, I clipped a rope and almost broke three of my toes uh, I, I was absolutely shocked at how powerfully and fast and 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 high I could still put a high kick on the heavy bag uh, without doing anything at all, except flexibility and strength. Uh, I, there is so much weight to that argument, uh, James. You, you know, and I, and I get why it's very appealing to broaden what you're doing and also not be a generalist and really learn and, and, and taste and sample all these different methods and philosophies, which is going to really keep that um, um, neuroplasticity going in your brain and keep you challenged. But it depends. I think it falls down into what do you want to be able to do? And if you want to be able to fight, like if you want to be able to say, okay, I could kick the crap out of someone if I needed to, then doing that much is going to really not do that yeah, for you. Not, yeah. uh, I've seen so many great martial artists who got their ass kicked in a street fight because they just didn't know how to fight, yeah. you know. And I did boxing for 16 years and learned three different punches. And, um, you know, and that's all we did. We just, we but, just but sparred but even, and, even and, and learned to get strong you know, and fit. You've got your own martial arts teachers and they're teaching you and, you know, like follow their lessons. But specific to what you're asking us yeah man find the time to do this flexibility because yeah. if you if you always treat it as something that you don't have the time for there is no amount of martial arts training that you'll do that's going to allow you to kick high if you're not well, flexible. looking at that schedule there's just no there's no, no amount of hours in the day that are going to allow you to get flexible some of the people that come to us who are the most desperate to get flexible are the people that have done martial arts for the longest yeah martial arts training at a lot of schools, not all of them, but the majority of schools does not deliver good results in flexibility. It just doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, give this a try, man. See how you go. I thought my quick two cents on that, uh, as just someone who was gone, has gone from, like, total specificity of playing ultimate frisbee for 11 years, and now I'm doing, like, a, wi a wide variety of, like, surfing, beach volleyball, triathlon, sports, weight training, and, um, and uh, yeah, just a whole lot of different stuff at the same time. Like, if you just find a lot of joy and just like spending your time like exploring this stuff like the most important thing is you love what you do with your exercise mm. and so i think it's just really important for the people out there who are like no oh, i have to choose something like you don't if you love just the experience and turning up and like that exposure to lots of stuff like embrace yeah. that and go with it but yeah certainly if you're looking for performance advice that, and that's something. what I said just before. That's <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Like there yeah. is two reasons why someone does martial arts or boxing yeah. or something. They do it for self-defense or they do it for the love of it. 
and yeah. and that's totally fine. You don't. You may be the type of person that you have absolutely. You always be like, no, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. And if fight you're not someone, sure about you know? it, go back to the first eight episodes of the podcast where yeah. Yanni will. Uh, running right. through, figuring running out through, what you know. figuring out what you want to do. What's yeah. your why? You know, yeah. that's really important here. And yeah. uh, and and it's we are not judging anybody who wants to do the latter. You yeah. know, that wants to just do a bit of everything and sample it and feel like they're you know constantly learning and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that yeah, if that's great. what your passion is. Hundred percent. Love it. All right. Good work, guys. Have a great day, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow for more action. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.